Hey, this is Butch Patrick. That's right, Eddie Munster from the TV show The Munsters. And I don't want to be a spoiler, but you should be by listening to Spoiler Country. Hey, hey, people of Earth, it's time to enter the Spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on Spoilerverse.com. If you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us or use a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. Republic of Spoilerverse. Welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kenneth Regan. That's Mr. Horsley. And today on the show, well, it's Butch Patrick, isn't it? It is. Eddie Munster himself came on the show to talk to us about the Munsters and his stuff he's, his stuff he's doing now. And Yeah, yeah. He, he goes, he talks about the car. He talks yeah. about uh, a lot of stuff he's doing online. It's a fun interview. Yeah, it's a quick one. Uh, we had about 25, 24 minutes with him because, um, yep. you know, it happens. Yep. Um, Kenrick wasn't uh, charismatic enough this time. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. That, <laughs> so this is a re- this is why this joke is funny. So people understand. We have had multiple people that tell us all the time. I have 25, 35 minutes. That's all I have. And then they start. we start talking 90 minutes later. Yeah. And then exactly. they don't want to get off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that's where the joke comes from. But no, the, yeah. the butch was great. It was a lot of fun. It's a, it, I'll tell you a funny story when we come back. Okay. Let, well, let's sit back and listen to Butch in his own words. All right, guys. Welcome back to the show. Uh, today is really, really special because... Uh, if you're my age, then you watched these on repeat like they were going out of style. Um, he's also been on Bonanza and My Favorite Martian and Mr. Ed. And you're on the first year of General Hospital, which is, if you like think about how long that's been on the air, is amazing. Butch Patrick, thank you so much for coming on, man. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. So the Munsters, it's been quite a while, but... Man, it's still a big part of Americana. Is it kind of weird to be still thought of from that show and get to do all these cons and see all these appearances, which is amazing? <laughs> you know, it's yeah, it's it's actually interesting. Uh, it's the Munsters, absolutely for sure. I, I was I was very lucky and blessed to be part of it. But in a bigger picture, it was the '60s, uh, the greatest decade for music and TV and pop culture which yeah. resonates today i mean you know even look at the the cars you know the retro look cars and the muscle cars that were really popular back in the 60s and early 70s it's uh 
it's a decade that, that will not go away, and for good reason. Well, you got to ride around in a George Barris designed car. I mean, dude. not only did I, not only did I get to ride around in it, which was a treat. I I built it at home, the model given to me by George, and then I was lucky enough to drop by George's shop every Wednesday afternoon for two years to see what he was up to because I had a a little routine that I would get a 90 minute lunch, which allowed me to go to my little hot dog stand, which was right across the street from George's shop. Have my have my apple pie and my hot dog. Go see George's <laughs> shop, and then go to then go to my hobby shop and pick up some slot car stuff because slot cars were all the rage back then. So it was a great time to be a kid. What? Yeah, how did sounds like it? Jesus, <laughs> your sister get you into acting? Well, <laughs> she was uh, younger than me. They were looking at her to do some print modeling. I went yeah. along for the ride that day. And when the photographer was finished with her, he looked over at me and he said, you mind if I take a couple of pictures? He's got a look about him that I like. And uh, he took a couple photos. He put one of them in the window of his studio and a producer and a director were casting a little B movie and they spotted my picture and they kind of liked the look and they sought me out. And I went up on an interview. I had never worked before in my life and they pretty much liked me. And they said, well, you got to start sometime. Are you willing to do it? And I looked at my mom. I said, well, I have to go back to school. She says, no. I go sign me up. <laughs> oh my God. How many times have people asked you about Wolf Wolf? A lot. It's like the most asked question is whenever really? anybody comes. Yeah. Whenever anybody comes to the table, the number one asked question is where's Wolf Wolf. And I've been meaning to put a camera at the table and take snippets of everybody doing it. So I can make a montage, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. Oh, that'd be great. That would be hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I'd be neglected to ask, where is Wolf Wolf? <laughs> well, I, I, I want to make a video game out of it to where it's like kind of like a, an old school video game where where's Wolf Wolf and you're looking through the Munster Mansion trying to find Wolf Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have him. You, you have him? Well, I had the original. He fell apart and I got the number two doll. So I call him Son of Wolf Wolf. Oh, that's hilarious. That is <laughs> hey, after. Well, you didn't just do the monsters during that time. You were on a lot of shows. Ben Casey, Bonanza, like you said, my favorite Martian, yeah. which is one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, the um, the what happened was during that that movie when I got that movie, it was a six week shoot, and the, it was a great it was a great starting point for me because number one, the director and the producer were really nice guys, and uh, Eddie Albert played my dad, and Jane Wyatt, coming off, uh, you know, she was from Father Knows Best, played yeah. my mom. Brenda Lee was 15 years old. She was billed as the 15-year-old singing sensation, Brenda Lee. Wow. Um, Snoopy Sales was the comic relief cop. So we had a really good lineup of people to uh, to get my feet wet, so to speak, during that six-week shoot. And then at the end of uh, – by the end of the six weeks, I had picked up a Kellogg's Cornflakes commercial, and I had picked up General Hospital. Wow. And you got to work with people like Judy Garland, Burt Lancaster. I Cindy did. Cindy Partier. I mean – Edward G. Robinson. That. Yeah, I had a my mom would kind of mention it to these how important these people were and how lucky I was to be working. I mean, I did the real McCoys for a year with Walter Brennan yeah. and Richard Crenna. And uh, yeah, I was like I say, the 60s, if you had to pick a year, a decade to be working and I started in 60 and I ended like in 74. But being uh, through the 60s, it was just a really cool time for a lot of stuff. And uh, that's kind of why it's the old shows from that period are so popular. Um, you know, I did Mr. Ed, I did My Favorite March, I did I Dream of Genie, all these shows that were non-reality based um, comedies that just were there for sheer entertainment. And, you know, comedy writers were having a field day. Yeah. Uh, great actors were doing television and we had like great guest stars. So 
considering uh, if you had to pick a show and you had to pick a, a decade, I got very lucky. Now, after the Munsters, you did Lidsville, and you were like 16, 17, and I saw you on an interview talking about going down to Brazil, and when you left for Brazil, you were you were, you, you were the Richie Cunningham. Yeah, Richard Richie Cunningham, Cunningham, and I came back, back as John, John Lennon. Came back, yeah, John Lennon. My sister coined that term at my at – my, uh, when I picked up my one-year chip uh, when I got sober about nine years ago. Oh, congratulations. Pretty much, yeah, thanks, which pretty much said it all. Um, but you got to remember something. Um, Back in the 60s and the early 70s and even the mid 70s, there was very acceptable behavior uh, around the country and the world. And it's funny when I look back and see movies about, you know, the drug cartels and, and a movie like Blow with Johnny Depp talking about the early 70s and, yeah. and Manhattan and Hermosa Beach is where I grew up. It's like, yeah, that's exactly how it was. It was it was crazy times. That is crazy because I'm just happy that you were able to, to, to get yourself right um, now. And now it's been nine yeah. years. I mean, that's incredible, man. I mean, it really is to to go that long and to get yourself clean that, you know, like that. Because I heard that you just kind of basically said, OK, I'm done. And you quit everything. Well, I, what I, yeah, I did. I went in a, a, a gentleman. Um, I, yeah, I had been doing it 40 years. And it was I mean, I knew that I needed help. I just it took a long time to finally admit it, like a lot of people can relate to. Yeah. But once I did, I got very lucky that um, some divine intervention stepped in because a, uh, a gentleman named Jim A., who owned the Oasis Treatment Center out in Anaheim near Disneyland, had offered to sponsor me because he was very much um, – he wanted to get a Hollywood actor, kid actor, who had uh, been through the system. And the, and the main requirement was he didn't want someone who'd been through a bunch of rehab, you know, like the, the merry-go-round rehab situation. You know, oh, I've been through nine rehabs and then, you know. And I had never been through one. So that was a prerequisite. That and his father loved the Munsters. So he said, I'll tell you what. He goes, I'll sponsor you. And if you, if it, if it works and, and you get the education and you get clean, uh, he goes, I've helped 2,200 people or 22,000 people over 20 years. You can help millions. And that's kind of how it worked out that I, uh, I took it upon myself. It worked. I liked it. I liked the new me. And one year became two, two became three. And before you knew it, I had five and now I'm pushing 10. So it's a, uh, it's a just kind of a, a, a spiritual thing. Yeah, that's awesome. How, how much have you as a person changed since that time? Uh, um, well, you know, I, I, I'm just the same person, but I'm just more responsible and, uh, you know, I have a better outlook and I'm healthier. And uh, when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And it's just uh, the, the me that was always there, but that had yeah. somewhere got lost in the uh, in the alcohol and the, and the bag. Yeah. Yeah. That's some crazy times. Hey, you know. Yeah. I got your book up, Eddie Munster, aka Butch Patrick, and I'm gonna, I'm actually, I'm gonna buy it right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because well, there's, uh, a, there's that's that that book was written about 15 or 20 years ago by a woman at the time who I was dating, who yeah. kind of wrote that, kind of wrote that book for herself, yeah. from her perspective, which is okay. Don't get me wrong. There's there's a is lot there a of better one to get. But the better book you want to get is the official Munsters fan group. I'm excuse me, uh, the the official Munsters coffin table book, Munster Memories. Oh, I'm going to get it right now. That just sounds cooler, too. A I know. Table book? Yeah. <laughs> there it is. It's, about, it's more about the monsters, but, you know, the, the other one is more about me and, and stuff. But it's it's okay. They, they both have good information. Yeah. I'm wondering if I can send it to you and get it signed. <laughs> you can. No worries there. Nice. Yeah, there it is. Five the, red one, the red one's got a very cool lenticular cover, too. Oh, okay. I'm going to check it out because um, those are just fun. So what do you got going on now, man? You got You got things going on? Well, you know, I'm, 
you know, I'm a gearhead. I grew yeah. up in the 60s. When I when I finished doing the Munsters, I, when I turned 16, I got a new Mach 1. And I started going to the drag strip with the Chrisman family, Jack Chrisman, who had been in the funny car. And I always wanted to be a race car driver. But unfortunately, the Vietnam War got in the way. Uh-huh. And uh, I was in the last year of the lottery. And I had a very low number. So I thought I was going overseas to go get killed. And I went out and spent all my money. And then I found out that I had a bad knee. During the induction examination, they found out that I couldn't, I wasn't good for service, and they gave me a deferment. So oh, wow. I didn't have to go to Vietnam, but at the same time, I didn't get my race car because I went and spent all my money. <laughs> <laughs> but what's cool about it is I now have a Munster coach, and I had a Dragula. I'm building a second Dragula, but I tour around the country being the gearhead that I am with a, uh, a Munster coach and a, and a Munster-themed escape room in my trailer. I have a 34-foot trailer, and uh, when I go places, I – have a great time entertaining people, meeting people, That's engaging awesome. people. But I do most things automotive related, which is cool. How how is the automotive crowd taken to you with with the whole Munster theme? They love it. They, well, everybody loves the Munsters anyway. Yeah. But then you put hot rodders that you know because we had the first hot rods on television by George Barris. Right. You take that and you layer that with the hot rod community and the Munsters and the '60s, and you've got a uh, a really good happening crowd. Plus, I you know I'm a biker. I ride Harleys and stuff. So if it has wheels and has a motor, it's my kind of crowd. Yeah, I I, I heard that you had a, a a good relationship with Al Lewis um, later in yes. life. And yes, we did. Yeah. What was he like? Uh, what was he like to hang out with and, and talk with? Because he I think was, out of all uh, of them, that was he was the one that I gravitated towards when I was watching on TV. Well, I was I was lucky because Fred uh, and Al both taught me a lot. Fred yeah. taught me a lot about the acting techniques because we had a lot of father and son uh, episodes. Yeah. But Al taught me a lot about life. And, uh, you know, he had a little more time on his hands, so he would toss a football or a frisbee with me. And the fun thing, the one is, when we got back together when I was in my 30s, when I had Eddie and the Monsters, I asked Al as a favor to introduce the band because I was on the East Coast and he was on the West Coast. I yeah. couldn't be there. And we started connecting again. And then I went to his, his restaurant opening and we started doing um, appearances together. Oh, and cool. then we brought in Pat Priest. And then the three of us. Pretty much went on the road uh, doing a lot of monster reunions and stuff, which was really great. So I connected with all of them except for Fred. Fred kind of distanced himself from the monsters, and then Yvonne DiCarlo came in at the end, yeah. not to do conventions, but we would occasionally see each other on a TV show. I'd be a surprise guest for her, and this and that. But um, the thing with Al, he was such a force of nature that you know when i would go to new york and literally you know he would walk down the street and, and cabbies would you know hey grandpa honking their horn and <laughs> him and howard stern had this relationship on the air and al was on the ballot you know, he was running for office as governor and senator as grandpa al lewis on the green party so he was very vocal in a lot of levels and he was uh, quite a knowledgeable guy yeah. Taught me a lot yeah that's cool was it surprising seeing um fred on the uh my cousin Vinny? No, he was, you know, Fred was a hell of an actor. He, I mean, he was doing, he could do anything. He was a Renaissance guy. He, when he wasn't doing his, when he wasn't on set with the Munsters, when he had time on his hands, he yeah. was like playing guitar or he was, he was writing books and, and illustrating oh, and drawing. Cool. And uh, when he wasn't there, he was doing Broadway. I mean, he was really, you know, quite a, quite a Renaissance guy. Well, it, I mean, cause it's kind of funny because he has, he got two roles that became iconic and synonymous with Americana. And, you know, people, quote his lines from my cousin Vinny. Yeah. That's so, you, yeah. And it's weird to think that movie came out in like 1992. So it's yep, been, his, you know, that was his last role. Yeah. And it's been what, almost 30 years for, with that one, which is crazy to think. 
and then you know the monsters which is you know yep (laughs) yeah no he was a it's funny how one you know like sometimes a character role can can steal a movie and if there was ever a line and a character that's i mean that was a great movie by the way my cousin Vinny is a really good movie it's very entertaining it's very well done everybody in it's great but it's uh it's it was a lot of talent on the on those on those on that set there was a lot of lot of talent there yeah are you still doing music? Are you still t- going with trying to get the, you know work? With no, I never really was a musician. They were they tried to make me when I did Lidsville in the summer of seventy one. Uh, they decided that Bobby Sherman had been let go at Metro Media, yeah. and uh, the producers of uh, Sugarloaf got wind of it. So they tried to create a, a bubblegum star through me, and I told them I didn't sing, and they go it didn't matter. So I was like the original Munster Manili. Yeah. <laughs> And we did a American Bandstand and this and that, and it didn't go anywhere. But it was fun to be tattered around the country on somebody else's dime. We spent a, we spent a ton of money and had a great time. Well, because the Wikipedia page on you says that your dad actually taught you how to play bass. Is that true? Uh, no, my dad? Yeah, it says that, like yeah. in 1975, you started learning to play bass with your father. No, Wikipedia. You know, something you about Wikipedia. Once, once they get bad information, it's almost impossible to get rid of it. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, it is. It's 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 horrible, and and it's funny because after like for instance when I when I broke up with the woman that wrote the book, yeah, she had she had opened up a Wikipedia page and put a bunch of stuff in there, and it took me years to pull stuff down. Oh so no, I never actually I got a base uh, when I was nineteen uh, for Christmas. I liked it. I never really took the time to learn it properly, but it was fun to have it around to, to thump away and use it for therapy. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. Uh, Johnny plays bass, and he plays guitar and the drums yeah, yeah. The, with eddie and the monsters in 83 my producer was a great bass player had had worked with uh, curved air with Stuart copeland little Stuart copeland nice. he was a great he was a great bass player he played the bass i wrote the lyrics and the guitar player had a voice similar to mine so he sang so <laughs> in 83 we were the first unsigned act ever to be on mtv oh that's in a, cool in a sea of payola where they they came up with the uh, the concept for the basement tapes from that Oh, that's and uh, I like to think that we helped a bunch of uh, bands get a little bit of exposure, hopefully. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Thanks. But you, but you guys did one of the movies you did. I wanted to ask you about this movie because you worked with one of the greatest animated animation directors ever. Oh, yeah. And Chuck, Chuck Jones. Yeah. And you did yep. a movie called The Phantom Toll Booth. I don't think a lot of kids today know of this movie. And it was I know the guy that wrote the book wasn't a real yeah. fan of the movie at the time. Norman Juster. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. And he did the, didn't he do the, the lines in square book as well, or the line in circle? I think he did. He may have, I'm not yeah. sure. But what was that? What was doing that movie like? Cause it's, it's such a unique, it's one of the first ones. Well, not one of the first, it's close to the first time of doing the live action and animation and smashing it together. But then you have something like Chuck Jones actually directing that thing. Um, yeah, it was it was a great experience because number one, I got to work with Chuck, and it took about two years to complete the whole movie from start to finish yeah. in segments. You know, they would do a few months, and then they, they would do you know you go back to do voiceovers every three or four months for a couple of years. Uh, the live action up in Frisco with Chuck uh, directing with Abe was great because um, I had a chance to hang out with Chuck, and and then when we were we're doing the um, the voiceover work. The you know I'm working with uh, you know Mel Blank and uh, yeah. June Foray and uh, Dog people. Butler all the great guys that I knew their voices from the cartoons that I watched so it was a treat and it, it happens to be the 50th anniversary of the movie this year is it really yep wow I didn't know it's how long ago God what, 
What year that was that? We did it in '68, but they they counted as a release in '70. Oh, yeah, because when I was watching the trailers, and I was like, I, I want to watch this movie because I was born in '74, and I don't remember, you know what I mean, seeing it before. But I mean, I love Chuck, I love Chuck Jones. I mean, all those great, amazing Wiley e. Coyote, and then yeah. all of course the Tom and Jerry's. And as soon as you see the animation, you're like, oh my lord, you know, it's all hand drawn. It looks incredible, and then. You know, Mel Blanc is one of my favorite favorite people of all time. Oh, yeah. So I was super excited. I got, you know, I got I got lucky. You know, I did a lot of roles. You know, yeah. Uh, but the, but I had a few I had a few really the ones that were my like the Monkey's Christmas episode for yeah. a sitcom. Uh, I did a couple of Disney World of Colors uh, when I was about thirteen or fourteen. And the Monsters was great. Uh, even the even the real McCoys working with Walter Brennan and Richard Crenna and Lidsville. But the the Phantom Tollbooth it was in the middle of that. You know mid-teenage year thing yeah which was a good which was a, a lot of fun you survived being the child star and you've now you've come out the other end what kind of experiences and what kind of advice can you give somebody else that might be on the cusp of being that next butch patrick well it's it, you know the, the business itself is pretty much the same you have to you know be prepared and know your lines hit your mark and you know be on time stuff like that yeah but the uh the overall techniques and the technology is so much different that you know, number one i you know you used to have to live in hollywood to be in the movies nowadays you don't so that's yeah. good um a lot of times people now you know youtubers uh hollywood doesn't make pilots anymore they pretty much look at what's drawing numbers uh on the internet or on youtube channels and then they go seek those out and uh, turn them into network shows. But the bottom line is there's a lot of possibilities out there. There's more content needed, you know, channels and streaming services and this and that, but there's a lot more competition. And because the money has gotten crazy, a lot of times um, people are trying to enter into the business for the financial aspects of it, as opposed to the, to the art. Yeah. And um, if that's the case, then there's a really good chance. You're not going to make a lot of money. But if you do it for the love of it and you just enjoy the the, the, the acting uh, for acting's sake, I recommend it because even if you don't make it into living, the uh, what you gain in social interaction and communication skills will help you in uh, whatever endeavor you wind up going down. Well, Butch, I know you're on a tight schedule today. I so much appreciate you coming out. Oh no, I gotta say, I got I gotta say a couple things. Sorry, oh, sorry. Please sorry. do, I forgot, please I do. I forgot to plug myself. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> what I what I'm really excited about doing is as I travel around the country doing like stuff with my with my trailer in my yep. car. Yep. I've got to I got to do a YouTube channel called Coach to Coast, spelled with a K, with K O A C H T O K O A S T. Yeah. Uh, I just fired it up. I got like 19 videos up there, and the neat part about it is I get to talk about the Americana aspect of my travels and the interesting things I'm lucky enough to see along the way and the interesting people. Um, you, you're a little too young, but there used to be a guy named Charles Kuralt on CBS that had a show called On the Road. Um, I was a big fan of him when I was growing up driving all over the country. So check out Coach to Coast on my YouTube channel, and it's sponsored by Rise Botanicals. I see which it is, here. Which is a CBD company that I have hooked up with to help help you know especially in this pandemic thing it helps to get your immune system up and running really well so with those two things in mind and you can always go to the official monsters fan group so there you go i've shamelessly plugged myself <laughs> i love it but this looks great you got fest parker life well lived and then you have where i spent my time during quarantine yeah love it the monkey's christmas episode with butch patrick 
and bucket list flying in a B-24 Liberator. What was that like? That was cool, and it's really a sad story too, because the pilot of that Liberator died in the uh, in the 909er crash when he died. He, he crashed the B-17. Oh no. Uh, a year later, yeah, it's. it's uh, I never thought about it being dangerous finding those things, and here it is. Uh, less than a year later, the our pilot crashed, and uh, half the people died in the flight. Oh, that's but nice. it was great. I, I also have an IndyCar racing thing up there. I, I drove an IndyCar. Yeah, uh, you can join Butch Patrick on the road. Was that a contest that you ran? Uh, no, it's just uh, people have interesting stuff. As I'm traveling around, if they would like it. to. Uh, communicate with me and uh, go to the channel there's a lot of interesting stuff there and i enjoy meeting people and this is a way for us to interact with the fan base i think this is great man this is great i'm gonna great. go through all these <laughs> thank you they're good yeah eddie muster thinks uncle fester over 50 years later <laughs> that's right exactly i love what was the you know before i, I gotta ask before i let you go and i'm sorry but yeah what was the camaraderie against those two shows you guys basically debuted the same week on separate yep. channels on separate nights but you had to have lifted yourself up uh, being there together, you know, and, and being on separate shows. Because I would imagine multiple pe the people are watching that if you love the Munsters, then you probably loved Adam's family. Yeah, that was, the, that was the whole idea. It had never been done before. The closest thing would have been maybe Star Trek and Lost in Space. Yeah. But the bottom line was um, they were on Friday. We were on Thursday. If you like one, you probably enjoyed one better than the other. But you watched them both. So we both benefited from each other's existence. That's the bottom line. Right. You guys were the better show, though. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> I was always a monster kid. I I loved watching the monsters, man. I I couldn't wait for it to come on. The the theme song, the uh, how did they the the monster under the stairs? Oh my god! Spot. Yeah, spot. Our pets, our pet spot. Yeah. What was what was? Did they ever tell you what spot was? He's a dragon. Our pet dragon. <laughs> I thought it was a dragon, but I don't remember ever actually saying he's a dragon. No, we said he was a dragon. No. Well, <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, Butch. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on, man. This has been exciting. I hope I can convince you to come on again someday and go over more things. We're up oh, in Seattle. I got, hey, I got one more for you. I'm sitting here. One of the videos there where I spent my time, it, yeah. says, uh, it says Keys to My Castle, which is my sister's company. I'm actually upstairs in her office right now doing uh, this uh, interview. So, have your have your viewers or put up whatever you can to send people over to keystomycastle.com and check out a very cool gift idea for any of your listeners because people don't they can't go shopping and this is a way for for people to get something very personalized yeah. for a loved one or themselves and they're affordable they're made in the USA so check out keystomycastle.com I will. And, and I'll sign off on that note perfect We're back. So the funny story I was going to tell you that I'm going to tell you is it it's hilarious because we're talking to him and I'm on this episode too, but I don't think you actually hear me say anything because in my mind, we were still just warming up. Yeah. Right. And so I got up to go like do something real quick and I was going to come back and talk and because my mom's a big Munsters fan. My mom's yeah. uh, mom had been going down to, to and like, oh, right. working out watching the Munsters all the time and she had just finished watching the entire series. So I was going to, you know bring that up and like have him say something to my mom or whatever. And I yeah. come back and it's just, you're both gone. And I'm like, uh, I was gone for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. I felt bad about that too, because well, yeah, it became, well, we, we had a limited amount of time. We did. We did. Really I, didn't realize how long, I didn't realize how long we had been on when I got up. I shouldn't have got up. I should have stayed, yeah. but well, whatever. Still. It's still, it's, it's still funny though, but it was, it was, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Good interview. 
Yeah. Hopefully we can get him back on again to talk about some more stuff. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think that's a show. That is a show. If you enjoyed that and you want to hear more from people like Butch Patrick and you have not gone to spoilerverse.com, I implore you to go there now and check out our back right issues. Now. Right now. There's a ton there. So that, much. Yeah. That you can peruse and enjoy and and just listen to. And there's no paywall right now. And not there's, a single one. Yeah. There's some... <laughs> There's some amazing people uh, that we've interviewed um, that you'll you will recognize. Uh, if you're a comic book fan, there's the likes of Walt Simonson and Jerry Conway and Ben Templesmith and uh, give me some other people, Johnny. Jeremy Kwan and uh, Cullen Bunn and coming soon Marv Wolfman and and, and, yep, and Kelly Winnick. Thompson. And so yeah. many more. Yeah, and actors like like uh, Emily Swallow who plays the armorer in The Mandalorian. Osric Chow Plus or Osric Chow from from the amazing Supernatural show and more and more and more. Yeah. So you should check it out. Yeah. Not only that, there's a ton of other shows on there. Uh, There's Bridging the Geekdom that is right now. It feels like he's all about the Snyder Cut, but he has tons of other things. Believe us. Oh, yeah. Uh, There's you can get back issues of Shooting the Sith. Yep. which is all Star Wars talk. So if you're a big Star Wars fan and, and want to geek out, that's a great place to go. There's Polygon Warriors, all about video games and everything that's coming out. There's Misery Point Radio and and all the hardcore music you can handle. There's and, New um, Gunslingers. There is, which is all about taking the story and breaking it down. There is funny book. Oh, sorry, sorry. Nerd of Gunslingers is not about breaking it down. Nerd of Gunslingers but is about bringing on a creative, taking on a story that they like and, and then tearing it to shreds. Funny Book Forensics is about finding classic stories and breaking them down to their core and figuring out what makes them tick. I got those two shows backwards. And there's Nerds from the Crypt, which is a horror show. And there's Haphazard Adventures, if you want to hear me talk more with my wife. And there's just a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, it's hard to put everything out there. We feel like if we keep talking, you're just going to tune out. I know, there's so much. <laughs> there's so much. Just go check it out. Go to spoilerverse.com, check it out. All yeah, right, guys, that's a show, right, Johnny? That's a show, yeah, we're done. There's one more thing. What's that? In Oceans of Podcast, we are Cthulhu. Let's get through what compels you to do. Open the mind. Oh, I